What's up, everybody? You're listening to Checking for Jesus, where I try to decode biblical principles from the random happenings in my life. I'm your host, Crystal Meanwhile, and every Wednesday, I'll tell you a story about something that made me say, Jesus, is that you? I promise you're going to laugh and learn at the same time. If we all get better at recognizing Jesus in the details of our lives, we become more sensitive to his presence and ultimately more inclined to do what he says. So, Crystal, meanwhile, what are we talking about today? What's up, everybody? Today we're talking about growing slow. My oldest is getting ready to turn 19 in a couple of weeks. And I thought about when I enrolled her into school. Um, She started school when she was four, you know, she did a little pre-K. And I remember being excited about finally joining the PTA (laughs) because I'm really big on community service and I couldn't wait to join the PTA. If there was a reality show for PTAs. The Thomas Pullen PTA definitely deserved one. We were a strong cast of characters, all with different personalities, all a little hair strong in our ways, all of us solid in our lanes. And we did things that were just amazing. Shout out to my PTA family. Among the things that we did in service to the community was a clean up green up in which Prince George's County, Maryland, provide uh, the native plants, shrubs, and trees to nonprofit groups and even for-profit groups who wanted to beautify their space. They would train us on how to plant the stuff that they gave us. I mean, I thought there was major value in hands-on learning for our families, you know, connecting to nature. And so I signed us up to participate and the county delivered everything that we asked for. We gathered early on a Saturday morning, late October to cut back, you know, overgrowth, weeds, dig our spaces, plant our bulbs, shrubs, and our tree, mulch and make everything look nice and clean. We were excited about our fall planting for a spring bloom. For those of you who are like me, who don't have a green thumb, there are two kinds of flowers. One kind is annual. Annuals have a life cycle of one growing season. They make beautiful flowers that hold their bloom for a longer period. But once they die, you have to replant a new crop every year. Perennials, on the other hand, have a life cycle greater than two growing seasons and by God's design have the ability to receive themselves to grow every year on their own once they've been established. Perennials can withstand our super seasonal temperatures here in Maryland. You know, we can go from five degrees in the wintertime to 95 degrees in the summer. So we have a true cycle of winter, summer, spring, fall and our temperatures change to reflect that. But the perennials that are native to Maryland are considered hardy because they can withstand all of those temperature changes and still regenerate themselves every year. Our lives are as cyclic as the perennial. Yeah, I know I'm a nerd, so here's the science. The basic life cycle of a perennial in three stages. First, a seed has to germinate, right? Like once the perennial is settled in its place in the soil, it can begin receiving what it needs to grow. Water, warmth, and oxygen. What do you mean oxygen? It's in the soil. Well, thanks to the earthworms and the roly-polies that tunnel through the soil, they create pockets of oxygen that the seeds use to grow. The seed collects these nutrients before the frost of winter and stores them in its cell reserves to fuel its growth spurt after winter passes. Next phase 
in the life cycle. The seed grows. Once the weather warms for spring, the seed uses energy from the reserves to grow in both directions vertically. The perennial spends a lot of time growing and establishing strong roots. At the same time, the tender sprouts are breaking ground and growing leaves. These leaves are important because they depend on sunlight for photosynthesis. The leaves absorb light from the sun to make food for itself so no longer needs to rely on the reserves stored in the roots to grow. The reserves were only there to fuel that growth spurt of the roots and growth spurt of that sprout through the dirt. Final stage in this life cycle of a perennial is that the sprout will flower. As the perennial grows and matures, buds will appear and those buds will open up into beautiful flowers. This is the stage we enjoy the most. The beautiful colors, the fragrance, the bees come for the pollen, the butterflies and the hummingbirds come for the nectar. The flowering stage is what we enjoy the most. It's what we buy at the stores and we put in a centerpiece on our table. What we use at our weddings. We love a beautiful flower. So where are we going with this? To connect the life cycle of a perennial to the life cycle of a believer. We got to go to the Bible. <laughs> It wasn't until I started thinking more and more about this, thinking about you know, my daughter, thinking about this one gardening experience and asking God some questions. He showed me a really cool thing that happens in the Bible. And I was wondering if any of you noticed it, too. Have you realized that some of the greatest tenets of our faith take place in a garden? There's something to this garden thing. For example, our origin story, Genesis 2, Bible says before a shrub or plant ever knew the ground, God made man. Then God planted a garden and put Adam in it. Then God caused the trees to emerge from the ground, then gave Adam his first assignment of cultivating and tending to the garden. Isn't it cool how God thought it was important to not give Adam the garden? He could have made the garden, had the trees and flowers and stuff already there, and then put Adam in it. But he didn't do it that way. If you read this chapter, the order is that he specifically said, before I even put, before I even planted a garden, I made man. Then I planted a garden. Then I put him in a garden. And then he had the opportunity to watch the plants emerge from the ground. God chose to show Adam that the plants come through the earth. The second thing is Judas' betrayal of Jesus happened in the garden. Jesus went to pray. You know, he walks into the garden of Gethsemane. And that is the place where Judas kisses Jesus a signal to the Roman soldiers to say, hey, this is the guy you're looking for. This is the guy just sold out, right? We know Garnet. Eden. We know Garden of Gethsemane. This last one, though, this last garden didn't have a name. But oh my gosh, guess where it appears? The resurrection of Jesus is where you'll find the third garden. So let's run this back. So Jesus' body was laid in a tomb in a garden. Lesser known Bible fact. Check out John 19, 41. I'm going to read it to you. Here you go. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden was a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. Therefore, because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus. 
Jesus there. End of the verse. Had the body and was like, oh my gosh, look at that garden over there. It's a whole new tomb. That is where they chose to lay Jesus. That is the very tomb where three days later, the stone was rolled away and the angel was sitting on top talking about something he ain't here. Our origin story, Garden of Eden. Betrayal of Jesus, Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus was resurrected, Garden with no name. Completely fascinated me. We all know, reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, there are easily hundreds of verses that reference gardens and plants. They're sowing and reaping, bearing fruit, mustard seed faith, vines and branches, good and rocky soil. I mean, you know all the verses I could have alluded to without giving you specific places or where they are in the Bible. When you think about the amount of metaphors God and Jesus use that reference a garden or planting or trees or fruit and the fact that some of the largest tenets of our faith take place in a garden, that God shows us everything Thing we need to know about who he is and how he operates through gardening. We live in a time where we're so preoccupied with other things, work, kids, happy hours, the grind, scrolling social media feeds for hours. The whole idea of stopping to smell the flowers can get lost on us really quickly. We live our lives from one time block to the next. We set reminders and calendar events for everything. It's no surprise we're burned out. Matter of fact, we had to come up with a global rallying cry just to give our a break from it all. Now we say things like self-care isn't selfish to give ourselves permission to just turn off from all of our commitments. The Bible describes our lives in cycles, right? A, a time for this, a time for that, a time for this, and a time for that. I've been reading a book called Growing Slow by Jennifer Dukes Lee. It's a great book, and it's all about reconnecting to God by observing his character and the life cycle of nature, particularly plants. And what has helped me to realize is that God sees us as seeds. God gives everybody his word. Now, he doesn't care who you are. His word goes forth into the earth. You can pick up your phone and go to YouTube and, and look at somebody's sermon. You know, we Technology has kind of given us access to God's word in a new way, but he sees us as seeds. He gives everybody his word and what we do with the word determines where we land as seeds. You don't believe me? Ask Mark. Mark told me that Jesus told him this whole parable of the sower in chapter four. And basically he says, if you don't understand this principle, you won't understand anything else I say. So let's look at Mark chapter four, verse 13. Jesus is talking to the disciples now. He says to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still, others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, 
like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some a hundred times what was sown. In this one parable of the sower, Jesus sums up who we are as a body of believers. Some of us hear the word and don't even think it applies to us. Some of us hear the word and it excites us on Sunday, but by Tuesday when it's tested, we forget what we heard. We revert back to our old ways of thinking. Some of us want to do more and do better, but we can't find the time or don't carve out the time that we need to devote to God to become better. Some of us are like the humble perennial, seeds scattered on good soil, a seed that's been germinating, collecting the word, storing it in our hearts, using it to fuel our faith as we establish our root systems and break ground, maturing in the word and growing closer to God, sprouting leaves that will convert light energy into sustenance because John the Baptist said Jesus is the true light who gives light to all. Jesus said the sun ain't got nothing on me. The leaves are spurring buds and the buds will become flowers season after season after season from a single seed sown on good ground. The humble perennial will produce a crop year after year as long as it's in that ground. Can we just take a minute and appreciate God's pace for our lives as being much slower than the pace we set for ourselves? God is the slow and steady tortoise, and we are the silly little hare, right? Like Aesop's fable. Never mind you, let me speak for myself. I have been the hare, burning myself out, thinking I'm getting the head under the guise of grinding to shortcut God's pace for my growth. All the while, I'm telling God, man, God, I'm tired. God, I need a break. God, I just want to rest. I don't want to live my life like this. But I'm, I'm doing it to myself. He not doing it to me. That's me. And God had to sit me down one day and say, uh, Christelle, which one is it? Either you're going to keep this up, living on Burnt Out Avenue, trying to make something happen, or you're going to trust me enough to get in the soil, germinate, strengthen your root system, so when you finally come up, you'll be able to stand season after season after season. That was a moment of truth for me. My reply to God was swift. I said, you know what? You're right. Let me go on and take your yoke because your yoke is easy. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. And today I just want to encourage you to go on and be a seed. (laughs) Be okay with being a small seed. Be okay with going into the soil and spending time with God, studying his word and his way and his character. Go ahead and hide that word in your heart and use it to grow spiritually. Establish strong roots in the word. Be like the tree planted by the river with good roots so that when you grow, when you finally come up, you'll be able to stand. You will stand anything, any any temperatures, rain, sleet, hail, snow. You'll be able to stand and you'll be able to flower, be fruitful and multiply. Don't be afraid of the time it takes to do that. Let God be your gardener. He's the one that makes things grow. Y'all checking for Jesus or not? I hope you all laughed and learned something today from this episode of Check It For Jesus. I want to hear about the random happenings in your life that's got you wondering, Jesus, is that you? Get in my DM on the gram at Checking For Jesus or visit CheckingForJesus.com. If you like this episode, show some love in the ratings, tap the subscribe button, and put some wings on my hashtag, Checking For Jesus. Thank you for pushing play, and until next time, keep Check, 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 Checking For Jesus.